I'm Barack Lurie, and this is the Barack Lurie Podcast. With me, my good friend producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. All right. Today, we want to talk about the issues of boycotting. Okay. Now, what, what has come out that has made boycotting a major issue? Okay. As you may know, uh, in North Carolina, there, are, there, there was a new law that uh, the North Carolina legislator passed that basically clarified that men should go to men's rooms, women should go to women's rooms. And it was in response to something that the city of Charlotte had done, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, the way it's framed is that North Carolina is going out of its way to be bigoted, you understand, bigoted toward transgendered people. You know, the one out of 35,000 people who suffer from this situation, who no doubt all feel exactly the same, right? which is, you know, some, uh, a, a very bizarre generalization, okay? Because that, that assumes that every transgender person is clamoring, clamoring to go into the, um, the bathroom of the opposite sex. Now, with me today is uh, a guest that we previously had, Amanda Washington, and also, of course, Ari David. So we, we have some topics, uh, some discussion about this transgender issue, but more importantly, what I want to focus on is the boycotting aspect. So the transgender issue in particular was that the uh, North Carolina is making a law that you have to go into the bathroom. I think, Amanda, you had uh, clarified for us that it was a law that said that you have to go into the bathroom uh, that w w where you were indicated as uh, on your birth certificate, right? Okay. All right. So... This makes it even a smaller subset of an issue because the transgendered folks, these are, if you want to loosely define them as people who feel like they are the opposite sex but nevertheless maintain their the same body parts that they were born with, they feel like it. That's that's what the transgendered are. Transgenders are also people who've actually changed. I, I agree with you. I agree. But they, no, but they're a smaller subset of it. So you take all the transgendered in in the world, it'll be one out of thirty-five thousand. Okay, you take all those who have actually had a sex change operation, and now no longer have male anatomy and have female anatomy. Well, that's a much smaller percentage. And I, I wonder, is it half? Is it one tenth? Is it one one hundredth of the transgendered? I don't know, but it's less than one hundred percent. Okay, and I would I would dare venture to say, the very few of them actually have a transsex operation, but let's assume that half do, okay? So now you're talking one out of every 70,000 people, all right? So now the, the fight is for, uh, to, to use your thinking, that, that the, the, I, th I think you perceive that the battle is that a, a person who's had a sex change operation uh, and, and now is a woman, let's say, cannot go to a woman's room. Right. I don't think that's the issue. The issue is that if a person feels like a woman, then he, now you know whatever he, you want to call him, whatever pronoun you choose to use, then he should be able to use the woman's room. That's that's what the real issue is. Okay, no one's no one's saying that those people who have sex change operations uh, should be able to go to the to the new bathroom. Okay, that's, where should they go? Where should the people who've had sex change operations go? They should go to to the place where everyone else has the same uh, uh, female parts. But then be, they'd be violating North Carolina. I, I, I don't think that's I don't I, I mean I don't think that's what the issue is. Oh. The okay. uh, just for a point of clarification, if the process, if you will, has been completed, 
There you and go. the person, if you will, has fully transitioned to which um, no one can tell. No one will be able exactly. to tell. Exactly. It, wouldn't be, a, it right? wouldn't be an issue. I couldn't tell. You can tell. The issue only arises, no pun intended, for the guy not wearing pants wearing just a trench coat, if you get my drift here. Right. It's the freak-out issue. Which is a problem for anyone right. in any bathroom, no matter what their gender. Yeah. A, a woman comes into your uh, into the restroom or locker room, and she perceived, you perceive her to be fully a female, and she looks like a female. And in fact, if she's uh, in, a, in a sauna or whatever at the gym, she's, she's a, a woman. For your, You don't know that she was once a man. You don't care, right? Maybe, okay, so you're making a face, but... No, but you know. <laughs> okay, but, but nevertheless, you don't freak out. Okay. Okay. The, the, we're talking about the freakout element, which the Adam's is Adam's apple doesn't cause a freakout. Other things cause. Freak there outs. you go. There you go. I'll be here to just clarify things. Right. Okay. You know. So if a man comes into uh, a woman's restroom right now that you're in at the time, or a woman's locker room that you're in at the time, you would be upset. Am I fair? To, is that fair to say? A man who we, looks like Barack or I. Let's just put it that way. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. There I you agree go. with you. That's really the issue. Okay. Okay. That, that's, that's the way it is, okay? And the, the law that people want to make it um, and where they're doing it in some, in some universities is that anyone can go into anybody else's bathroom. They, they go into the place where they feel that they belong. And at 24-hour fitness locations in certain parts of Michigan, from my understanding. Right. I remember that case from yes, about a year ago. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, freaky. Yeah, to describe that because it was a very interesting. in the locker room has a man come in. She goes to management and says, there is a man in my locker room. The management says, that man feels like a woman. Because he's at somewhere in the, uh, let's just say, bell curve of transition. She goes, I don't care. That's a man. That's a women's locker room. I don't feel safe. Their response, they revoked her membership. Okay, that's, that's the bizarre thing. Um, now, these are the issues of the day. Okay, so now again, I told you this is not really about the transgender issue so much. It's about the response to it. The boycott. The boycott. The political pressure, okay. et cetera. Now, uh, and I, I'm really kind of curious to, to that issue. As you know, there, there was boycotting of uh, an issue that may be more close to your heart. Um, that you're more willing to accept. I, I, I think that you and I, Amanda uh, and, and Ari, we all feel that it would be weird if a man goes into a woman's bathroom and vice versa, but, but especially if a man goes into a woman's bathroom or locker room. Man. A heterosexual, yes. well, you, would, you wouldn't know, would you? That's right? the issue you don't know. That's another thing. Well, so so that's part the of the reason why we have... I think in the example you're bringing up, it's obvious and you would know because the guy just says, I feel that way. Right. Not... No wig, no dress, but, you know. But no, but the point is that a man walks in, whether whether with a wig or a dress or not, he, you know, a woman shouldn't have to wonder, oh, well, I shouldn't have to worry because the man is gay or he feels like a woman. Um, it, there's too many things that are all of a sudden a woman has to kind of factor in and, and figure out whether or not she feels safe. The better response, in my opinion, is to say, look, just everyone go to their respective bathrooms, and, and that's one place where you need to feel safe. I, I think we all feel the same way there. The gay marriage thing, however, was a different game. Mm -hmm. uh, many people were very strongly on one side or the other 
legitimate arguments all around. Um, intellectually honest, but no, no one was, no one would be harmed by virtue. I mean, physically harmed, right? No one's threatened, in, from a physical sense, uh, by two men getting married, by two women getting married, right? Your, your neighbors, maybe a gay couple, let's say, and they're next door. They've gotten married. That that will not threaten your yes. your existence by any stretch. So neither will someone entering the women's bathroom. Well, I, I'm I'm actually helping you on on this point. So let me I'm I'm differentiating. One is an actual threat to physical safety, and one is clearly not an actual threat to physical safety. It's obvious that. You know, we, Ari and I can argue about whether gay marriage is a good idea because, you know, what's next? Uh, what does it mean for civilization? Do we want to change something that's been so traditional? You know, that sort of thing. Right. But, but it's not a physical harm. We're not... That, that's, it's, it's basic to say that. Right. And our concern about the transgender thing is that the very reason why we have separate men's and bas- bathrooms and locker rooms is precisely for safety. And then when you when you mix it up, it's as if they forgot the very reason why they had these separations in the first place. Okay. Okay. So the boycotting. Now, back in the day when the issue was only gay marriage, which was not so long ago, um, Proposition 8, let's say, okay, there was a lot of boycotting going on. So Chick-fil-A, for example, the owner... Uh, El Coyote restaurant. Uh, yeah, and not, Target, I think, even for a while. Yeah, and not just that. If if anybody even gave to uh, yeah, the, Netscape. Hang on. If, if if anyone gave to the Proposition Eight movement, uh, then that person was vilified. He was surrounded in his home. If they found out where he lived, he might even be fired. Uh, bad stuff started happening. Okay. Question to you. Okay. Is this appropriate? A boycott. Was that appropriate? I think a boycott is appropriate. What about the personal attacks like Brandon Ike or the owner of El Coyote Restaurant? Personal attacks for people voicing their own opinion or their First Amendment rights to free speech, I don't believe is appropriate. But if it doesn't cross the line and someone isn't curtailing their own free speech, I believe boycotts are a way to speak. Okay, well, boycotts certainly are not uh, a violent thing that's right. in and of themselves, of course. But it, 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 let's just talk about the true boycott, the classic boycott. Uh, nobody, you know, everyone urges everyone not to to buy from that particular store. Right. Um, and they try to strangle it financially in order to get them to see the light, whatever the light means in this in that particular situation. Right. All right. Uh, you're okay with that? Yes. Okay. Now, do you, you understand... That this would cut both ways too, right? Do you know? Do you know of any uh, boycott that the conservatives have undertaken, whereby they they try to actually boycott a business um, because that a person a person doesn't agree with a particular position, like uh, Coca Cola? <laughs> no, well, no, like Coca Cola giving to Planned Parenthood or something like that. Right, right. Coca Cola gives to Planned Parenthood. we 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 disagree with what Planned Parenthood does. Um, so, um, have you noticed that uh, there's been no boycott of Coca-Cola by the conservative movement? What if everyone boycotts everyone? Everyone boycotts everyone. Well, yeah. then there'd be no business. Well, exactly right. What, and what if what if uh, just going back to the gay marriage thing? There were many people who were very pro prop Proposition Eight. They they felt very strongly, and that uh, marriage should still remain just a man and a woman, one man, one woman. 
And if somebody took the position otherwise, well, we can boycott them. Yes. So everyone's boycotting everyone. Everyone has the right to boycott. Oh, I agree. Everyone has the right to boycott. That, that's not the issue. There's a lot of things that, that everyone has the right to do. You have the right to walk down the street in a bikini, right? But that doesn't mean that's a wise idea, right? Right. Okay. There, there are many rights. <clears throat> so this is not the issue, right? It, it, it's whether it should be done or not. Okay. We, we all have the right to be stupid, too. That doesn't mean that we, we should do it. There's many things that we, we have the right to do. Okay. I'm talking about the boycotting thing. It's, it's uh, designed to economically strangle or pressure a particular business or state, in some cases, uh, to do what you want them to do. I look at boycotts as a way to voice my opinion against a certain business that has expressed something I don't agree with. Right. And I don't want to give them my money. If I don't believe that this is a business worth giving my money to, if there's a lot of choices right. in the world, and right. I choose to shop at this store as right. opposed to a store that that gives money to a cause that I don't agree with. Right. Okay. So let's say. Okay. Now you understand that a lot of times, however, there are people that are not necessarily as vocal about a particular position. They may be conservative, just conservative. All you know is that the owner of this particular store is conservative. Okay. Is that good enough to boycott him? No. Okay. Now, why, why is it not? Because the, being conservative, generally speaking, means that he's against abortion. He may be for traditional marriage. Um, and he doesn't believe in a lot of handouts. So maybe he doesn't believe in affirmative action. So why, why not boycott all those things? It really depends upon the issue. There may be a conservative issue that I don't agree with, and that would be a reason I would choose a different business over over that business, but it really just depends on the issue. It's too broad to say conservative or liberal or... Right. Right, but, but going back to the whole point of what we just talked about is I, there are many, many liberal organizations and stores here in Los Angeles. Shall, shall all the conservatives just boycott them? I mean, what, wouldn't that mean that, every, like I said, every, we'd just be engaging in a, um, a tit-for-tat nuclear war? Every, everything, everyone would be sitting back on the sidelines. I, I think people often go to businesses and, and choose services of people that they agree with, just like there are businesses that have uh, crosses on their mm -hmm. doors, or mm -hmm. you might vote for a judge who happens to be Jewish, for that matter, or... Somebody mm -hmm. wants to encourage people of like mind to be successful in business. Right. I don't think that's a problem. Uh, I think, I, think I have a problem with that. I don't care whether somebody is a Christian. I'm not Christian, but if somebody is, is a Christian florist, for example, and they, wanna, uh, they happen to have a cross there, I, I'll be happy to, to buy from them. And, you know, to me, it's more important whether or not they have good service at a good price, but uh, that, that'll be it for me. Can I ask a question? Because I think, I think there's a point of clarity that I think would be helpful, which is the issue isn't should you engage in boycotts or not. Let's just assume you find out your favorite brand of tuna fish is killing whales. Right. Well, 
okay, that's appropriate. I think the question is, is this an appropriate issue for boycotting? Right. You know, well, yeah. Well, I, and where, what is the appropriate issue? If, if killing whales is a good standard for boycotting as transgender bathroom issues based on well, yeah, I mean, I mean, affecting but, but, so few people right. an issue. But what I am talking about are the classic um, uh, liberal uh, issues fighting conservative issues like gay marriage, like now the transgender laws, where they want to boycott as a means of trying to pressure. Let me give some examples of, of this, and then we could talk a little bit further. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, for example, refused to perform a concert in North Carolina precisely because he felt that he doesn't want to support a state that would um, separate men and women from bathrooms, as if, as if that's not happening everywhere in America, right? In every, every state whatsoever. It's happening everywhere. It's always happened. It's, it's happened in all of our lives. I don't know the last time I saw a woman coming into the, to the men's bathroom other than in a Dodger Stadium because they were, there was an overflow problem uh, because there's was, there was not enough toilets. But that's, that's the only thing. That's an immediate need. But the, they, they pretend as if somehow it's, the, it's like a, the equivalent of Jim Crow where we, we've been doing this for, for centuries. Well, I do think that discrimination and those types of laws are classic examples of where boycotts have been appropriate. So people who feel that these laws are discriminatory in nature feel that a boycott is appropriate to mete out justice, so to speak, because yeah. people do not want anybody to benefit, and they, they need to see the effect that they are having on society in their pockets. Right. I, I understand. But at the same time, I, I could hardly say that this is the same equivalent issue as, let's say, racial uh, discrimination back in the 60s or 70s. I, I just don't see that whatsoever. And I, I don't think anyone can meaningfully argue that. Um, and the Supreme Court, for example, I mean, you learned this from law school yourself. I know you went to law school. Uh, there, there are different levels of scrutiny when it comes to uh, testing the constitutionality of, a, of an issue. There's the three, and, and you'll, you'll recall them. One is the rational basis standard, which is that is this law that is being uh, tested, is there any rational basis whatsoever for its passing? If there is, good enough, the law stands. It's not unconstitutional. The second, the, the, we'll go to the top one, which is the strict scrutiny standard, right? What I call the double eyebrow standard, where both your eyebrows are up. Right. Uh, and you're saying, whoa, this is something. That's, a cl that's classically used for laws that, that would separate black and white or color and race. Any that's protected class. Any protected class, that's right. right. But, but in a different way, right? Um, but, but the protected class would be where there's truly no difference at all. It's, it appears to be only designed for purposes of uh, se segregating because you don't like... Uh, blacks, Mexicans, some sort of minorities. It's presumed in right. those circumstances. Okay, now going to the middle tier, which is the what I call the one-eyebrow standard, <laughs> uh, the heightened scrutiny standard. And the heightened scrutiny means it's, it's above the rational basis, but not quite strict scrutiny. And they specifically tell you in law school that these are laws that are, are generally speaking for women and men. That the classic distinction is you need to have, after all, Separate bathrooms and separate locker rooms. They actually use that as an obvious example because otherwise there would be danger. Okay? So here we are. And now they're trying to bring this up to the level of a strict scrutiny, which makes no sense to me at all. Um, and, and then I pose this to you, and I really do want to get to, back to the boycott issue. 
if if it's if it's unconstitutional to have separation of men and women in bathrooms and locker rooms, well, why don't we have uh, men and women in the same prisons? I'm hearing crickets. No, that's dead silence. Even the crickets <laughs> fell silent. I, I, why not? Yeah, why not? Sorry. You're asking me. Yeah, that I'm question. asking you. I don't. I don't necessarily think they need to be together. So I don't. Well, if I, I don't, if I, wait, 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 wait. If a transgendered uh, man feels like he needs to be in a woman's prison, or he feels at any time, I feel for the next. You know, he's a he's in a men's prison, and he says, "You know what? I feel now like I'm a woman, and I, I would like to be transferred to a woman's prison." Everyone should be in, in whatever prison that they feel like being in. Are you cool with that? I think it really depends on whether there's a danger post, and if the, it depends on the circumstance. There may be a transgender man who would be appropriate to be in a woman's prison. Okay, let me make this. Uh, since you're a mommy, also uh, a parent, you're a mommy. And you were a very good mommy, and you love your little children. Uh, and a man now wants to be your nanny for your children, okay? And he says, well, I want you to hire... I, you should hire me regardless because I'm a, I'm a good nanny, and uh, that's the way it is going to be. So you, you need to make sure that you don't discriminate uh, between female nannies and male nannies. Okay. And are you okay with that? Yes. Okay. Because I'm not, okay? I think that any man that is, is eager to go uh, caretake for little kids, uh, it's really... It's a, uh, little a red flag? It's a red flag. Red okay? flag. The chances of him being... That's too bad. That's, well, that makes me sad. But it is. It is. Well, it, but it's a reality, too. Just because he's a man. Yeah. Well, I'm, 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 it makes me sad, too, that my, my gender is so responsible for so many horrible things in that department. But I think that it's also realistic, too. The chances that your worry is much more heightened with a man taking care of your children than a woman taking care of your children. Correct? No, not necessarily. I look at my husband, who's an amazing father, who's equally good with children. Your, hu- your husband is somebody you know very well. We're talking about a stranger now. Every time you hire a new nanny, right, by definition, that person's a, a stranger. Maybe come recommended and such, but that's another story. I... I vet every single person who is with my children, whether or not they are. And every or teacher woman. who's ever molested a child has been vetted too. Okay. Yes, there are so people what? who make there. There are people who fall through, and there are people who you wouldn't necessarily. Are you think. willing to have your children be with somebody who's who's fallen through? To use your words. It, it, using your example, though, I wouldn't leave my kids alone with any man. I mean, what if there's a father who's right. watching my kids? I, I, well, no. First of all, the father you would know, and you maybe not necessarily. But but you but okay. Let's. But you would leave your children with a female nanny, wouldn't you? I do all the time. We have a nanny. She's female. I, I would, have I, a nanny who's female. Yes. And and do you so leave I her do. alone once in a while? Yes, but I trust okay. my nanny. I interviewed her extensively. Okay. All right, but if it's, it's not a, a matter of man, being okay. a man or a woman. Let's make this simple. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Amanda. Would you feel equally comfortable with hiring a man nanny and hiring a woman nanny? Exactly the same. Yes. Okay. I, I, I don't think just you, on that basis alone. I, I don't think you speak for the majority of, of parents. I just don't think that. I think uh, there's a reason why most nannies are women, and 
in fact, if you if you were to go to your school where your kids go to school and you and you need a nanny and you would say, I need a, a new nanny, and they would say, Sure, uh, I've got someone who's really great, he's wonderful. You would say, uh, He? Oh yeah, yeah, he's really good. You'll like him. You would balk at that, wouldn't you? No. Okay. I I I I think you would. And I think if, if you wouldn't, nevertheless, most people would. There are male babysitters. There are high school boys who babysit. I wouldn't necessarily have, I wouldn't discriminate against them. Hey, and you know, do you know also that when, when children fly alone on, on an airplane, that they are instructed not to sit next to, to have, not, to have them not sit next to a man, but only to a woman. Do you know that? There's a policy reason no, for that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And the policy reason for that is the danger that, that might come from that. Now, it's true that some women may be, uh, you know, have a, a, a malintent in that department, but the chances are much smaller uh, that uh, she will versus a man. So that's the reason why they do it. What about male teachers? No, I, I, male teachers are very smart about uh, making sure that they are not left alone with a female student or, for that matter, a male student. When you go to a doctor, you may have noticed that when, if it's a male doctor, there's going to be a woman there with you, right? Okay? Not necessarily with a woman doctor. There are, there are things that we do in society that reflect the obvious. And the obvious being... Males that are predators. <laughs> males are, are... Yeah, they're predators. No, they're not predators. They are predatory. Yes, they that's true. They have predatory qualities in their nature and in their construction that's that right. cannot be ignored. That, that, that's the way it is. Anyway, Hard so, and steadfast rules in that way are... are we have to live by hard and steadfast rules. Here's another example of hard and steadfast rules. Okay, it's the speed limit. Okay, it, it may very well be that at times uh, the speed limit uh, makes no sense. Okay, you know it's it's uh, it's a rural road. It's late at night. There are no other cars. Why can't you go 85 miles an hour when the speed limit says 70? Why? No one's. You need to have a line. You need to have a line. We we have to do that. We all understand that. Right. And there are certain things that, that we just need to, to feel in society. It's, it's the chances that, that a, a man coming into a woman's bathroom, that, that he will attack her, hopefully that will be, uh, that won't happen, but you're just asking for trouble when, that, when it's going to happen. It's, you're going to see an increase in bad things happening, shall we say, if that, if, if that were to be the law of the land. If the danger of that outweighs the danger of discriminating against the one or two transgendered people, that would be a cost-benefit analysis that I would be willing to err on the side of having a hard and fast rule. Well, do, do you, okay, let me, how about this? Let's, I like what you just said, because it really kind of clarifies, gives some clarity to, to this issue. One is this, what, what if there was only one transgendered person in America? Okay. And he says, look, I travel around all these glorious 50 states, and I want to be able to uh, go into a bathroom. Sometimes I feel like a man. Sometimes I feel like a woman. I want everyone to change their laws for me. And there's only one transgender person in the world. I would think that would be unfair. That would be ridiculous, right? For, right. for, for him to expect everyone to shapeshift and change all their laws and their signs and all, all bathrooms now must be co-ed. But, right? You would agree with it me. It depends on if there's a, a cost that would be willing to, that overtakes that. So, for example, you said that there's a danger to have a male in a woman's bathroom. 
there's statistics, I'm sure there's evidence to back up the dangers to women of having a male, a heterosexual male, enter a bathroom. The danger of that outweighs the one or two people who say it's not fair to me that I'm being discriminated against. Right. That's right. And there's also the lack of the discomfort that you yourself acknowledge would, would happen if you saw it. Now, you want to balance the, 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 the sentiments of the, the transgender person who right. feels like a woman, wants to be in a woman's bathroom, although he's got male body parts. And, but what about all those women in the locker room or the bathroom? Do they ha- are, are their sentiments, are their feelings important at all? Or do they have to just kind of deal with it? Who should be dealing with it? The transgender person or the woman in that bathroom situation? I think they both have to deal with it, and the factors need to be weighed. I think there are discrimination. We are a country that we value um, individual rights, and if someone is being discriminated against, they're by by classic examples. They're always the minority. Well, they're always we, a small compared to the many. Well, no, but if the law, if the law is as many uh, would like it to, to be, which is that anyone should be able to go to any bathroom that he or she chooses depending on what they feel like. And, of course, no one will enforce or be able to enforce whether or not they actually felt a certain way. So let's put that aside, right? Right. So I feel like I'm a, I'm a man, but I feel like a woman for the... You know, I, I just... Basically, what you're saying is, if you feel like going to the woman's bathroom, go for it. That's what the law is, is ultimately going to be. Well, of course, it's going to be that way. So you go in there, and you're saying that... There's no way to enforce that type of law. Exactly. That's There's the no way. The there is no way. So... And I don't think they're planning to. So, so now you have this, this man who's transgendered, and he's going into the woman's bathroom. It, this, this satisfies him, but it also creates anxiety among the woman there. Okay? Balancing. Who, who, who decides that? Why, why, why now must these women now have to face discomfort like that? The courts have to decide. That, that's not a good answer. The courts have to decide. What does that mean? Well, like, for example, when you're talking about discrimination based on race, there were people who are uncomfortable with black people riding on the bus. They were genuinely uncomfortable with it. But does that, does the majority's discomfort with having a black person in the front see, of the bus trump see, this, this the right a, of that one person on the bus? It see, is a, it is a is, classic example. Okay, that's a, that's a poor analogy because, and it's actually a canard. Because uh, there is no difference between black and white people in terms of their ordinary day-to-day affairs, going on a bus, voting, drinking from water, or going to the bathroom for that matter. Uh, there, is, there is no difference. And, but men and women, there is, there is a difference. And, we, we ha- and this is one of the things, and you asked me before the podcast, why, why am I so interested in this issue? And for that matter, male-female distinctions. Right. Because the male-female distinction is one of the most important pillars of civilization. Ronald Reagan said it very well. It is women who create civilization. Did you know that? They really do. Men are, are very important for protection purposes, for building, but women actually create civilization. And that distinction is very critical to maintain. Yeah, so civilizations are not built on uh, carousing at the bar and uh, That's correct. hunting. That's absolutely which right. Which is basically all we yeah. want to do. Tammy Bruce, uh, who herself is, uh, is an avowed uh, a feminist and a lesbian, uh, she said very wonderfully once, she said, men allow women to be women. And, and she's right. There's, there's something to that. If, imagine a world where, where men could not, uh, there's no sense of protection, Every, and all women had to just kind of fend for themselves. That would be a very scary world for women. 
uh, you know, so a woman would not have the ability could at I that point add to, one layer to do a lot of things that women I, would like I, to do. Could I, lay, I think yeah. the distinctions are changing, though. That's the pr- for sure they are. That, that's, You're talking to a woman. I am woman. Hear me roar. Right. A working woman. And, and, and there's yeah. not as much of a distinction nowadays as there was when uh, our parents were young. Look, uh, I agree. There's you're 100 percent right. There's there's not as much of a distinction. The question is whether or not, uh, and, and I think people conflate the working aspect of it and other things because the working aspect of it, I don't think any any serious modern man today, even a conservative, would say I I want women never to work. That's not that's hardly the case. In fact, most men like that their their wives work, for example. I like it that my wife works. But I love also that she's very feminine, right? And I think you're very feminine. But I think the, the feminine part of it, it doesn't have to be tied in with the work aspect of it. It doesn't make you masculine because you, you're working. I just think that society has equalized men and women a lot. For example, the weapons and technology and everything that we have nowadays has really equaled the playing field. Uh, yes and no. Uh, we still know, for example, that women have a much more guarded sense of risk. I can tell you that as a mountain biker. <laughs> uh, we guys are much more likely to, to jump that cliff than I'm a woman is. <laughs> so guys are still crazy. All right, maybe that, no, maybe that will equalize not crazy, too. <laughs> not crazy. Predatory towards the highs of adventure. There's also risk-taking that we take. That's why you see many more men on the Alaska pipeline. That's why you see... And I'm not saying that a woman shouldn't be there. I'm just simply saying, as a practical matter, women are not drawn to to the Alaska pipeline, or to be firemen, or to be policemen. That they're not drawn to it. Oi! No, no. The, are can, you drawn not, to fight in the infantry on the front lines of battle? Personally? Yeah, personally. No. I'm I, not either. But you I know am. what? Some guys are. I am. But there I are am. women who do, and yeah. there are women who want to be firefighters. I understand. And, and I'm not going to stop them, but there's many more men who would rather do it yeah. than women. And, uh, and, That's the and distinction. And men, we're not saying... We're not saying for a moment that a woman should not have the right to use your your word from before right. to go into combat if she, you know, makes meets all the tests and everything else and she's go for it. Okay, right. same thing with a fireman, same thing with a policeman, same thing with the Alaska pipeline for that matter. Go for it. But I'm simply saying it's not you don't see that very often. And there's I think there's a reason for it. Yeah, should a woman be drafted into the military? Yes. Why? If. It should be women should. Why have, should anyone be drafted into the military? I, if if every was, if there was a draft, it should be. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going a little okay, far afield. Well, we're definitely. We're, that's that's a little far afield from that. My point is, is that men are far more likely to do a good job doing that job because more likely than females, they want the job, and there's nothing wrong with having society set up where they get the job they want. Right. The, the, same it, with the minority of women who no want the same job. And by job. the way, with the draft, no one's saying a woman can't volunteer for that job if she's so inclined. I saw Brienne of Tarth on Game of Thrones. Great, good for her. <laughs> okay? Awesome. But why should my daughter, who's very girly and wants to play with dolls, have to register for the draft? She'd make a lousy soldier. She yeah. knows it. Okay. She'll admit it. All right. So anyway, the male and female distinctions are very important. I, I do... I do f- follow this quite a bit because yes, there are some distinctions that are worth, worthy of, of having. Um, and now, I guess I'll wrap up this segment with this one question to you. Okay. We talked about distinctions now. 
you you consider yourself left-leaning, shall we say, right? Yes. Okay. I, I know that you're not a diehard uh, Bernie Sanders type, for example. You'll probably vote for Hillary uh, Clinton, right? Yes. Um, but so you lean left. You consider yourself a moderate. I'm a Democrat. Okay, but but a moderate, right? A From moderate, a, yes. Okay, which is fine. Uh, what distinctions are you are, are do you consider are very important for society to maintain? What distinctions? Right. The distinction, I, I guess, a classic example is a distinction between male and female, okay. a distinction between old and young, um, a dis- meaning like respect for elder versus like that. Uh, another one is uh, parent and child, of course, teacher and student, um, good law enforcement and citizen. Yeah, that's right. Anything like that. What, what distinctions are are valuable to you? Valuable? I guess I don't understand. What distinctions would you fight for? If you if you see a, a distinction X being eviscerated, will you go? What will you go out in the street, so to speak? Uh, or at least talk about and express your dis- discomfort with, what distinction would you be upset with? I actually, I'm, I don't have a problem with the distinctions ending, so to speak. Or I'm for very much, I would go to the streets and fight for equality. And yeah, but that's not, that's not a distinction. I, 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 I would also fight for equality, but, but, you know, and we can, we can I talk all like day long about what equality means and what kind of equality, but, I don't necessarily believe in distinctions. I think distinctions can be dangerous. They lead to inequality. They lead to favoritism. They lead to oppression. I don't necessarily think having distinctions is essential. All right. Okay. So, so you have acted very consistently. You've responded very consistently with just about every liberal that I've spoken to. And, and what if you're kind of um, elucidating? I'm not saying you're, you're wrong. I'm simply saying you're clarifying what I think is a major distinction, as it were, between liberals, <laughs> liberals and conservatives, <laughs> which is that we conservatives uh, want to, there are certain distinctions we want to maintain. And uh, that doesn't mean that all the distinctions that previously exist in the past are, are good to maintain, right? I mean, you, you don't want master and slave. That, right. that distinction should be gone, right? Black and white distinction should be gone. Right. Uh, except for suntan lotion, I suppose, right? But the point is that you have uh, there should be no distinctions, but there some distinctions are good. You know, just like um, like fire. Fire can be used for good. It can be used for bad. Distinctions can likewise be used for good and be used for for terrible things too. So, uh, but but what distinctions? What good distinctions do you think are there? And you, I think you said you don't, you can't see, can't think of any. Well, good and evil by itself. Yeah, but what is good and what is evil? I know right? it's okay. difficult to see that, and that's one of the things that I say about uh, classic liberal thought. Not necessarily yours, but they they won't even have a distinction between good and evil. They'll say one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Right? They'll say good and evil it's depends. It's all define. relative. Yeah, it's hard to define. Right? Whereas we conservatives will say good and evil are much more clear than we think it is. I mean, right. we, ISIS, obviously evil, right? But you're willing to say that, but a lot of other people uh, in your camp will say, well, you know, they're just struggling for their sovereignty and, and uh, what's so wrong with that? And we don't like the way they do it, but, but by golly, they're effective. And we've done things like that in the past with the Crusades and the Inquisition. And Anyway, they'll play that game. It's the simplification of the distinctions that I think is a problem. 
it's it's not as black and white as as most conservatives think. There are very fine lines and rights involved in where you draw your line. Well, there you go. I think that's uh, that's a distinction that liberals <laughs> like to, to make. They, they uh, but there has to be a line at some point, and and I don't. That's the concern I have. Is I don't think a lot of my liberal friends uh, want to draw a line at all. Uh, Anyway, when we get back, we will talk a little bit more about boycotting uh, and then the next steps. Uh, you'll see, I think you'll like this, uh, the, the next phase of our boy- podcast. It'll be quite a surprise. I'll be boycotting. <laughs> She'll be bugged. Thank you, Amanda Washington, for, for joining us. It's been a delight to have you. Thank you. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case where your client invested $100,000 with her accountant who put her into various fake real estate investments. Yes, the challenge here was that neither the attorney nor the client were really focusing on this case. So what would you do? At the deposition, I had a big stack of documents that I told her I was going to ask her to testify about and made sure she saw those documents and let her know her serious exposure. We settled for the full amount of the payments my client had paid her. We didn't even start the deposition. Litigation is a lot about understanding the psychology of your opposing party and sometimes the opposing counsel. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. Very uh, interesting, very intelligent woman. Uh, what I really liked uh, was just the, the, the notion of the distinctions. That was so important. And when she said that she doesn't really think in, in terms of distinctions, that is exactly the point. That is the distinction between conservatives and liberalism, right? We believe in distinctions. Now, obviously, there are good distinctions and bad ones, like I said, but uh, they don't even think in those terms. Yeah, and not have any. You are almost incapable of making any decisions about anything. Right. Every, you essentially can't think without right. them. The other thing you heard her say, uh, and and it's you know it, it's logical. Uh, she said everything should be judged on a case by case basis. The problem is that it doesn't conform with reality. That there are certain things we as a society insist on doing to avoid the likelihood of problems. And offline, we talked about how. Uh, the three of us, we're all parents of young children. We've all gone to playgrounds with our children to let them play. And, you know, we might check our iPads and such. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we're very happy to see those signs which say, uh, no adult here without a child. Okay? The, 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 and the reason for that is they don't want perverts in the playground, right? That's the whole point. Or any sort of danger in that department. And we as parents like that sign, right? Now, using her analogy or her, her, her thinking, uh, she would say, well, you know, uh, somebody who's an adult who has no intention of hurting a child uh, should be able to go to that playground without any, you know, problems. But 
but they, they will have a problem. And, I, and I'm glad that they had this law because it's better to be safe than sorry. We have laws like that. Okay, that's, that's the way it works. Anyway, uh, we did not get to explore too much of the boycotting thing. And I, and I wanted to finish up on the boycotting thing because think of us, we conservatives. What would happen, for example, if we decided we don't like abortion, right? And anybody who is pro-choice... <clears throat> Anybody who's given to Planned Parenthood, who's expressed vocally about the rights of women to choose and such like that, and there are plenty of those people, we galvanize all the conservative community and we say, we're going to destroy your business unless you take back what you said, right? It's so interesting how the liberal mindset doesn't even think of the possibility that it could cut both ways. Fascinating, right? It doesn't have to be abortion, by the way. It could be also about minimum wage. It could be about the gay marriage debate. It could be all the things that are traditionally uh, the conservative position. Why, why couldn't we do exactly the same thing? It's, it's like uh, the, these, uh, when, whenever you think about, you know, well, I want to go run through the stoplight. Okay, well, what if everyone ran through the stoplight? Right? It's, it's, you'd, you'd say it's chaos. And then the liberals would say, why don't we just get rid of the stoplight? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But it's, it's, it, the laws are designed for a certain reason, and they, they need to be and, – and, and it's not just – you know, they have the right to boycott, like we said, but it, that's not the point. The reason why we have civilization is not because we have just the right set of laws. It's because we have the right set of morals and common decency and logic, and we don't get into each other's spaces just because of their belief. This is, that's the, it's the opposite of democracy. It's the undermining of democracy to boycott because what you're doing is you're basically saying, yeah, that's right. You, you don't, the police are not necessarily throwing you in jail for what you say or what you believe, but you're basically doing it. You're, you're intimidating them from their speech. Is that a world that you would want to live in? You claim, and you, you love hearing that famous expression from, I forget who it is, I don't agree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it, Right? They all believe that, and I, and I believe that, but they don't actually live it. What they really want is to intimidate. And if you gave to the Proposition 8 campaign, well, the, by golly, we're going to destroy your business. If you, if you don't uh, support uh, gay marriage and, and, and provide your floral services or your photography services or what have you, we're going to make sure, we're going to force you to do it. Or uh, Kurt Schilling from ESPN. Yes, good him? example. Good the example. great pitcher. Yeah, expresses his opinion about something totally commonsensical, and ESPN fires him. Yeah, yeah. It's and, and remember, <clears throat> back in the day, we celebrated athletes having opinions, even if they were diverse from our own, like right. Muhammad Ali. Right. He right. was charming and interesting because he said things, many of which we didn't necessarily agree with entirely. Right. Well, the boycotting goes further, though, doesn't it? Because now the government, it's government-sanctioned boycotting, and I'll describe. Loretta Lynch, uh, from the, um, uh, who was the, the, uh, AG, General, a- yeah. the AG for the United States, she is now pursuing a policy whereby if you deny climate change, then perhaps you can be criminally charged, okay? Or there will be civil penalties associated, if you're lucky. Now, that, that itself is a... Uh, a boycotting, isn't it? It's a boycotting. It's a, it's a government-sanctioned boycotting. And, of course, it's, a, it's more of an intimidation. It's one thing if you can say, well, I'm not going to go to Chick-fil-A because 
of their position on such and such, and such. in this case it was, it was gay marriage, and all you're doing there is not giving, what, $5 for the, for the chicken basket that you would otherwise have bought. Uh, that, that, and you're just one voice. But it's another thing when the government is telling you, you do what we say, you say what we say, and what we want you to say, or we, we throw you into jail. Okay? And, and they, of course, know. She's the AG. She, she must know, of course, that that's a, a clear violation of the First Amendment and, and, and a common decency for that matter. She must know that. But she, her calculation must be, we're going to intimidate you anyway. And good luck. You'll, take, you'll be caught up in the Supreme Court for two years. And uh, yeah, it'll be reversed at some point. It'll be held unconstitutional. But in the meantime, I've gotten things to change, haven't I? Yeah, and no one is going to reimburse you that $400,000 it costs you just to get your name cleared at the Supreme Court. I don't think they cut you a check from the Justice Department for your time and effort. Yeah. Oh, no, they don't. It, but, but the government can, in, in fact, engage in, in malicious prosecution. And that's what they would be doing. But that's another story. Boycotting is the issue of the day. And... And, and you brought up a very good point, Ari. Uh, that you, you think when you're boycotting an issue, you think that you're, you're helping uh, to advance a cause. But really all you're doing by boycotting, take, a, take for example, Bruce Springsteen refusing to perform in North Carolina. Uh, think of all the vendors that are now lost the business. Think about the people selling the T-shirts, the parking attendants, uh, the cleanup crew. The lighting guys, you you name it, the sound check guys. There's so many people involved. Yeah, all these little people that Bruce Springsteen says he loves. Right, supposedly that he champions, right? Yeah. Well, they're all going to have to just you know take it, you know where, because Bruce Springsteen, their their god, has decided for himself that he's going to cancel a concert. Okay, that this is his job. He made a commitment. People paid for the concert tickets. And he's breaching the contract with each and every one of them. Yeah. Now, I do have one question for you. You were asking about boycotts on the conservative side. There actually is one going on right now. Target store. Target came out in favor of letting anyone who feels like it use whatever bathrooms. And conservatives have responded by not going to Target anymore. The stock price is tanking. Right. Well, so, the, the reason why I won't go to Target is not because I'm protesting it, although I'm happy to protest it. The reason why I won't go there is I don't want, uh, if I need to use the restroom or my children need to use the restroom, I don't want the possibility that some freak is there in order to, to exploit the situation. So, and, and you can say, well, what if you, you know, a lot of times you go to the department store and you don't need to use the bathroom, just go to the bathroom before. And what's the problem? I'll tell you what the problem is. Because I don't, because when you when you allow for that possibility, you have people that that are opportunists who are bad guys. I, it's a dangerous environment. That's right. And it's not about transgender people and being da- dangerous, by the way. It's just the opportunists who see an opportunity. Right. In other words, the this is what the answer I was looking for. The conservative is not boycotting Target to harm them financially. The conservative <coughs> is avoiding Target for our own personal safety. That's right. We're doing. We're we're against the very law, it's uh, the, the the very policy itself. That's right. We're not boycotting the 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 the, the position that they're taking. We're we're avoiding the, the problem that we see that's coming to us. Yeah, and let me ask you this about boycotts, because I think this leads you to where you want to go with this, which is, isn't it interesting that the left only has one trick up their sleeve? Well, actually two, but let's leave riot and violence out of this. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the boycott, it's, it, they use it for everything. Well, they right? use, they use that, and if they don't use that, then they use the courts. That's what they do. If, they don't, if there's a law 
that they don't like, uh, they will find a way to fashion it to be unconstitutional, right? And and they will they will they'll jam it down us, notwithstanding the will of the people. Um, that's what happened with the gay marriage debate. There was and and to the credit of the judge, by the way, he correctly applied the standard. Remember what I told I told you before that there are three standards. There's rational basis, uh, which is by, by and large, that means that it's going to be found to be constitutional, whatever the law is in issue. And there's heightened scrutiny and there's strict scrutiny, right? Well, the, the, the judge correctly applied the rational basis standard, but he wrongly decided that there is no rational basis for uh, man-woman marriage, that it, that, that it should be exclusive uh, to, to men and women. So he checked out all of civilization. All of civilization had no rational basis on this one very important issue. But I digress. The, the point is that they use the, the court system, uh, and, and one way or the other, they're going to find it to be unconstitutional. And it, it doesn't matter. So the, the courts become all the more powerful. It's the legislator, uh, let, legislature becomes simply an advisory body at best. Right. That, and, that's what happens. And to add fuel to your argument, they don't just use the court system. Let's just say I have a problem, so I file a brief for a cause of action. I file it, and it's either accepted or rejected. No, these people have armies of lawyers, and they file it into circuit after circuit after circuit until they finally find that one judge who says, yep, the cause of action is valid. Let me have this go forward. That's right. And so they'll, they'll, judge shop because yeah. they have the resources to judge shop. We we'll call f- forum shopping is what we call it, uh, and, and I, I think you're right. They do that, uh, especially in these in, in these um, these issues, because these issues are playing out in every different category, right? There, every issue can be decided uh, in every state, and if not in the state court, then the district court. The, the, they literally have uh, thousands of courts from which to choose, and they just simply say, look, you know, yeah, you, you guys decided, let's say Nebraska, that. Uh, the, the male-female distinction for, for bathrooms is fine, but uh, let's try it in Idaho. Now let's try it in Vermont. Let's try, it. and then slowly but surely, each state will, you know, adopt uh, that, you know, a law that everyone can go into anyone else's bathroom. And it, won't this be just a thrill? Yeah, and it's tyranny by courts because let's just say they lose at the first judicial level. Well, then they appeal, and then they might find their leftist activist right. judge at the appellate level or the Supreme Court level of a given right. state. Yeah, let me ask you this. You know, putting aside the danger, uh, the transgender issue, right? We, we talked a lot about the danger uh, aspect of it. M- much of oh, the transgender bathroom issue. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 and we similar. We made it similar. We, we we found a similarity to the the notion of going to a park and you see a sign saying adults must be with a child. You can't be alone as a, as an adult. Uh, I think they actually say it in a very cute way. Every adult must be accompanied by a child. It's very sweet. Uh, but the law is clear. And likewise, uh, you know, we like that kind of blanket assertion because it protects and avoids problems rather than lets them happen and then decide to criminalize it for a particular wrong. Uh, I hope I made myself clear on that. I would say to you that a, a lot of the, the, the distinction between men and women in the bathrooms, I mean, why do, why do we even have it in the first place? Yes, part of it's because of the danger to women particularly to women. I, men are not that concerned about a woman coming into a man's bathroom and, uh, and being attacked by a woman, right? But one of the other aspects of it is, frankly, the, 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 keeping the distinctions alive. I don't—we talked about this. We kind of joked about it. But at the same time, uh, there's some seriousness. I don't want to see a woman 
uh, doing that. I don't want to hear a woman doing that. I don't want to smell a woman doing that. I don't want any of those senses being affected, right? And part of the reason is I like to have a little bit of mystery in the, in the woman. I like the feminine part of it. That's what attracts me to a woman, right? And likewise, I, I think they would feel a little bit that same way to us. But, you know, women are very, very cautious about their femininity. They, they want to be attractive. And why would, you want, why would you want to show your, you know, your stuff in that way? It's, it's not a pleasant thing. And, and forget about the bathrooms. There's also the locker rooms, right? Uh, women have all sorts of, you know, makeup stuff. They have uh, feminine uh, issues and products, right, that they, they, they have there in the locker rooms. And they don't want to have to hide it every time, every time a man comes by. Where is the, in other words, the mystery, you know, the, the elevation of the mystery between men and women, they, that's what brings the joy in life. Well, forget the mystery between men and women for a second, because uh, you and I are married and we've had girlfriends before. And when, and even mother to son relationships when you're young, when you're close with someone, these protocols get breached. And that's part of the intimacy of knowing someone well. Right. 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 You see and know things about your wife or your children or your mom when you were a child that you don't see in others. So forget the man-woman distinction for a second in this example and think about the stranger-to-stranger stranger distinction. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's even a starker distinction that's being lost. We're strangers to each other when we enter a public uh, usage Restroom, bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or locker room. Stranger yeah. or, or locker room, whatever it is. Uh, an out-of-the-house facility, let's right, just say, right, right. that has uh, running water that makes it happen. And it's one thing to breach those stranger relationships mm-hmm. with someone of the same gender as you. It's an entirely other banana to peel if they're the opposite gender as well. Right. I don't right. want to be that familiar with strangers. Right. Well, that, that's that's the whole point. I t- you know, it's, it, it's the reason why even in a men's bathroom, even the way it is right now, why we have stalls, right? Right. I mean, we, just to, to your point, even to a, a man stranger to me, I don't want to see his business either. Yeah, and the one place where they don't have stalls are called prisons. And the, <laughs> they, they yes, really I know, don't. I know. And prisoners have lost their rights of, of privacy and freedom. Right. So why should we, who are free citizens, lose our rights of privacy and, and discretion just to make one th- out of 35,000 people feel better about themselves? Well, I'm not into changing society to make anyone feel better about well, here's, themselves. Here's the, pro- here's the problem. The problem is that um, this is a liberal ideology that they, surprise, surprise, have not thought through. Okay. So surprise, surprise. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, but, but why are we surprised that they have not thought it through, right? That's the point. That, that's that's the essence of what they what they offer the world, right? Oh my God, right. I forgot. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. I should have reviewed the last episode, and the episode before that, there the you episode go. before that, before that. <laughs> Duh. It's, it's it's so true. That we have to articulate that this is this is this is dangerous for a woman. And I, I mean, really, you know, do we have to say these things? And let me explain to you why. This show is kindergarten for people who are liberal. That's right. It really is. That's right. This this is a primer as to why how you are not thinking things through. Okay. 
But but really, we have to now explain why men and women are in different bathrooms. This is the first time you've you've entered the planet. This is this is crazy. Why and 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 then they dare tell us that we're being discriminatory. Like this, that it's outrageous. That this is the equivalent, the equivalent of of segregated schools and segregated bathrooms like it was back in the 50s and the 40s. Yeah, next thing you know, they're, they're going to criticize us for not telling dirty jokes in front of women we don't know or not um, doing the kind of behaviors we've talked about men doing where we razz each other and make fun of each other. Yeah, no, but, you, you yeah, know, but, all those distinctions no, will just evaporate too. Well, you know, it's, it's I think liberalism, if, there's a great episode in The Simpsons where the principal Skinner is he said something very uh, correct. He said that, that women uh, are less inclined to the sciences and math uh, than boys are. And, uh, and that got him a lot of booze, and, and they try to run him out. And he tries to explain things a little bit. And, and no matter how he explained himself, no, women are better. Are you saying that there's differences? And, and then they started yelling at him, and he gets drummed out. And after a week, he gets so confused, and then Bart Simpson says, you know, Hey, uh, what, do you, what do you have to think now about all this stuff? And he goes, oh, I don't know. All I know is that everyone is the best at everything and nobody is better than anyone else, right? So, you know, this is... <laughs> I mean, they're, they're internally contradictory, right? So, yeah. but, but this is the way... So, so to answer your question, it'll never be that way. They'll never insist that you razz them the same way that we razz each other. No, they, they want you to, to do your own thing, I suppose, but you have to act like a woman in many other departments, but act like a man when they want you to act like a man and also know all their, things, all their thinking. It, it's an impossible world, right? Expecting logic and even a, a consistent way of thinking in the liberal mindset is, is truly bizarre. And no, better, no better example than um, the minimum wage. We talked about that. That was a, a liberal ideology which... Um, uh, in, in the 60s, they said the best minimum wage was a, a minimum wage at zero, and they were right. And now they're all about the opposite. Then they said global cooling. Now they say global warming. Uh, and, and before they, and during feminist, uh, the feminist era, they, they said a woman should respect her body. And now it's all about the woman just going, and in order for her to be empowered, she has to go out and, and scantily clothed, right? In to yoga make pants. everyone respect her body. Yes, something like this. Right. I, I mean, you're expecting logic out of all this, right? This, but. But there's, it's never going to be logic. I think part of the definition of, of being liberal is that you're irrational at all times. Okay? Whatever the irrational position is, that's going to be the liberal position. But they'll always be able to say that I believe in social justice, which itself is, is inconsistent and illogical. Because social justice, it means nothing. It just, it just means I want what I want. What, 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 how do you define that? Right? So that... that you, you trying to get consistency out of a liberal argument is, is quite impossible. And that's yet another distinction, right? Conservatives offer clarity. Liberal, liberalism offers chaos. It always has been and probably always will be. Anyway, I, the boycotting thing I, is, a, is another example of inconsistency that they don't think things through, where if only they were to think about how this might apply and backfire on them, they would seriously think, maybe I ought not to do that. I ought not to do that. But you see that in the Senate. I mean, when the Democrats controlled the Senate, they created these crazy rules. And, and they never thought that, well, gosh, one day the Senate might go to the Republicans and they might, you know, hoist us on our own petard. Right? I, very bizarre thinking. Anyway, 
I must say, my liberal friends, you uh, you certainly give us a lot to, to, to think about and to talk about because trying to make sense of you is, uh, is a full-time gig, I must say. All right. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.